Welcome to the Small Business Edge Podcast with Brian Moran, sponsored by Pitney Bowes. Now, here's your host, Brian Moran. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Small Business Edge Podcast. Today, we're going to introduce a new series to the podcast. It's Small Business Spotlight, and it's something that I've been wanting to do for such a long time, and that is to uh, recognize small business owners out there who are doing wonderful things and putting a spotlight on them and learning more about them. I've had a lot of listeners say to me uh, over the past couple of years, you know, we love it when you talk about small businesses, we learn about them and we learn from them. So maybe do more of them. So today we are going to have the first of our small business spotlights. I want to welcome to the Small Business Edge podcast, Leah Farrell who is uh, the owner of B Minton. And we're going to learn all about B Minton and Leah and why she started her business and all of the lessons she's learned over the last couple of years. With that, welcome to the Small Business Edge podcast, Leah Farrell. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and to be the inaugural guest on this segment. We're lucky to have you. You know, I learned about your business from your mom, who is Barbara Weltman, who is one of my all-time favorite people. Love Mine her. Too. She's she's one of the uh, uh, smartest people I know. You know, when it comes to taxes and small business issues, and in passing, she told me about your business. I said, you know what? I want to learn more about it. So, what do you start up? Just tell us a little bit about uh, what made you want to start your own business, when you started it, how you came up with the name, and what your business is about. It's kind of lay the groundwork. Sure, sure. So. As you can imagine, having a mother like Barbara Weltman, who is a small business expert, I've always wanted to start a small business, but that's not what I did for my career. So my background is actually in policy and advocacy. So specifically, I worked in civil rights for people with disabilities. So I was in government and nonprofit for my whole career. I did a little bit in the private sector doing consulting, um, but I loved the work but the job burnt me out. I have a very universal story of burnout where, you know, I, I have a family. I, I was volunteering and sitting on boards and working full time. And in that industry, it's a lot of night meetings and, you know, you're, you're really on a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. So lo and behold, I hit the wall and I really hit it hard. Um, and so being as my background is in healthcare advocacy, I thought, what can I do for my mental health? So I approached it from a research basis and, and, you know, started looking into wellness research and realized that yes, it's a buzz term, but I will break it down. Um, that practicing self-care, although it is buzzy right now, actually does have an impact on not only your mental well-being, but your physical health, your relationships, your finances, your social connections. I mean, it really touches. There's actually nine paradigms of self-care, um, and I just listed a couple of them. And so with that, I started thinking again with that advocacy hat on, how can I help other women who are in similar positions from facing that dreaded wall that I hit? Obviously, we know we face burnout in so many different ways, and people define that differently, and people define self-care differently, and that's a beautiful thing. So I approach it very broadly. So what I did was I started thinking about, well, 
you know, it's one thing when somebody tells you, well, you know, go get some rest or go do, you know, go get yourself some self-care, even that generalization. Well, isn't that nice? Well, when you are drowning, that is a terrible thing to hear because it just feels like a, another task on your to-do list, B another thing you're going to fail or struggle with, you know, it doesn't seem helpful at all. And then it just seems like, well, great. Now I'm not, now I have no work-life balance and that, you know, it just, it just felt very right, so cut right. to. I took the wellness research and I created toolkits. So they're gift boxes. You can give this to somebody. I love it when people give it to themselves. And I curate all my collections based on wellness themes. So things like you might want to be working on mindfulness. Maybe you want to work on sleep. Maybe you want to work on gratitude or setting intentions or whatever. I have tons of, of different collections. And so the theory is, is that you would, you know, you receive a, a toolkit, you, you work on it. And every single one of my toolkit also has wellness tip cards in there. So mm -hmm. even if you're working on sleep, you probably also need to be working on, you know, setting boundaries and letting go of criticism and different things that we all need to work on for our self-care. Again, research-based. I am not a self-care expert or guru. So what I do is I go after the experts. So I talk to people in these different paradigms who have expertise in the area and I work with them very closely to help collaborate these collections. And then the best part, and I know I'm throwing a lot at you, Ryan, so we'll have a lot to unpack here, yeah. is that because of my love of small business and growing up with a Barbara Weltman, um, the best thing about my business model is that Every single product that I feature in my gift boxes is made by a small business doing good in the world. Oh, so I, love I, that. I, I do love the that. wellness research. I think about how I want to help people. Then I go find the products made by awesome small businesses. And I do a lot to then support that as well. We do a lot of meet the maker highlights. We collaborate with each other. You know, we're all sort of building each other up. And you know, in your world, small businesses helping other small businesses. That's it. Wow. That's it right there. It's what yeah. we do. I love, I love that element of it, uh, the, the support of small businesses. So, so you important. started this business when? I'm a pandemic baby. So I hit the burnout right before the pandemic started. So it was actually serendipitous because having small children in this house, mm -hmm. I was inadvertently already home when the schools shut down and I was right. able to be here, but I had already started thinking about this. And then again, as I said earlier, always wanted to start a small business. Right. But let me be very clear. <laughs> People often think having a small business expert as my mother, well, you have this wealth of resources. Well, if you'll know anything about Barbara, she's a research-based individual as well. So, you know, I, I told her the idea just to see if she thought it had legs. She's like, I love it. And then that was it. She's like, go off and do it. You know, and <laughs> off I, I had to go. I had to navigate everything myself. Also, we live in different states. And as you know, Every state, county, and locality has different rules and rubrics. Obviously, there's federal rules that regulate all of us similarly. But, you know, when I sell in this county, it's different when I sell in that county. You know, so I really had to go navigate this whole world. It has been a complete learning experience from how do I set up a website? We could have a whole podcast just talking about how I started on Squarespace and then had to go to Shopify yeah. and what that looked like. I mean, I, I, I think in my short term, I launched, to answer your question, just before the holidays of 2020. So wow. about a year and a half, I've been through wow. two holiday seasons in the retail world. Okay. Um, 
And so, you know, just sort of navigating all that. I don't have a retail background. I don't have an e-commerce background. This is all new to me. All I knew was I want to help people in a tangible way. I want to give them a tool to help them through sort of this world. When the pandemic hit, interestingly, some of these buzz terms like self-care and burnout really bubbled to the surface. Mm-hmm. Um, it was already on my mind and I was already diving into the research. It, it then became much more um, applicable and I could speak about it in, in terms, even I didn't know to use necessarily those terms early on when I was trying to con- you know, conceive of this business, but um, it's been an interesting journey. I mean, just to be, just even really quickly, when I first thought of it, again, because it was a pre-conceived pre-pandemic, I envisioned a lot more B2B work. I thought mm-hmm. I'd be working a lot with businesses to help work, you know, with their employees, I, I, you know, and that was sort of the original vision. And then obviously when the pandemic hit, I mean, companies were not thinking about um, wellness. They were thinking about, you know, health, safety and retention period, right? right. Like that was it. And I, and I res- respected that and backed off. So before I launched, I mean, it was like mid launch, I had to immediately pivot to an e-commerce direct to consumer model that I wasn't even anticipating when I originally thought of this. So in my, I'm a little baby in the world of small business. You know, I, I consider myself a micro business, not even a small business. Um, but I have had to do more pivoting, <laughs> which I know is another buster, but yeah. in my one and a half years than I think most businesses have to do in 20. It's an amazing story. It, you know, when you think about it. So, and I love the, the, story of wanting to help women, because we've also covered on our podcast the story about how the pandemic has um, affected women in the workforce, that we have seen millions of women leave the workforce, either because they had to or they chose to, dealt with burnout, or they had to deal with childcare. They put family first. I mean, we're back to numbers that we haven't seen since the 1980s. And so just any kind of recognition of what women are going through and to be able to support them, I think is fantastic. It's that whole element of social entrepreneurship, you know, doing good by doing well or doing well by doing good. And, and that, you know, it's that, it's that like double win bottom line that people love to talk about. Uh, but what's amazing is that you were able to do this without really like with a beginner's mind, like not understanding retail or e-commerce or small business. I mean, having grown up with it, you know, yes, but it's, it's one thing to be sitting on the sidelines and watching it. It's quite another thing to be in the arena, which you found yourself. And, and I dare say that probably helped you more than it hurt you because you didn't have any preconceived notions about, Right. right. About what to do. Like, People who had been through the Great Recession, you know, 12, 14 years ago, you know, I, my company was one of them. I, I went into a mindset when, I, when the pandemic hit and I immediately thought of the Great Recession and like, oh, my God, things that I need to avoid. And I made some mistakes based on previous knowledge. Um, tell me some of the obstacles that you ran into as a result of opening your business in a pandemic? Well, I definitely touched on a big one, which is that, you know, I had to figure out how to get right to the consumer. And that was not my original intention. And that is an entire different 
beast. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I've had to learn is social media. Yes. You know, there is something very interesting. I mean, I'm in my forties. I think I'm in, I consider myself in that little gap generation where, you know, we, when, when social media was sort of coming on the rise, I, I don't know. I never, it was never very important to me. It never really played a big role in the, in the positions I was in actually having high level government positions we were discouraged from having, you right. know, I mean, it was, we weren't supposed to be sharing anything on the, in, in the public. So it is so new for me. And nobody told me that, Hey, PS in this day and age, if you want to have a small business retail operate, like if you want to be selling something, even if it's a service, if it's a product, whatever it might be, you reach people through the social media network. Yes, you reach people through lots of avenues, but that is a primary source that I didn't know anything about. It was so new to me. It is ever-changing. Just when I feel like I get comfortable with one thing, it you know I have to learn another thing. Um, some other things that really have have thrown me in the in the pandemic is just sort of um, the way people you know sort of communicate about business is different so i have to think about language and how i'm talking about my business i am a i am a different consumer you know people and i'm sure you share the stats about you know um how wonderful it is to be operating um an online business right now because that's where people are well guess what that's where everyone is so that's where the competition is so you have to be very loud or have a huge budget or have a team of strategists. I mean, for somebody who is a small business like myself, um, who is self-taught, I, you know, although I do will say, and I will put a pin in this and we'll come back to it is, you know, using the benefit of other small businesses and collaborating. Um, I have had to figure it all out on the fly. And it is a very loud environment um, in this world, you know, in this world. Did, did any of the, small businesses that you feature in your gift boxes, were they helpful in terms of understanding how the system works? Yes. Some of my, my, I mean, I'm sure it's the same way with you and all of your listeners who are in this field, small businesses, we want to help each other. Yes. And some of these individuals, and I I work with a lot of women-owned businesses, um, they are really, it is a community. I mean, mm-hmm. people willing to open up, be raw, share things. One of the best things that I always learn people are people, you know, when people are willing to share their failures, yeah. because, you know, again, talking about small business and social media and all that, it's such a glossy image. If you're not in it, if you're not in the thick of it, in the muck of small business, really doing it every day, you have no idea what it takes behind the scenes. And when, when people who, that, who by you know, all accounts are very successful, share their hurdles. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh, is it, it's such a beautiful thing. You know? I mean, I even look back at some of in my short you know, time, some of the things I've you know, spent money on this when I, oh gosh, if only I, I know not to do that. Or you know, one thing I wish I would have known early on in the budget is the associated cost of, of digital advertising and all, all the other types of advertising, even we have, you know, local TV spots. Well, the days of free PR, as far as I know, unless I'm missing something are gone. It's all pay to play. It's all, you have to have 
these third party affiliates. I mean, there's, there's just so many levels that you don't see from the outside and you have to experience. So being able to tap into the other small businesses, I mean, these people have now become good friends of mine. Yeah. Because well, here's the other yeah. thing I learned, Brian. Yeah. And it's a secret. They're people. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, these aren't these like, you know, especially small businesses, you know, I'm sure you talk about like the heart of a small business and that, you know, these are, these are human beings and they've been through things and they have to go home at night and make dinner too. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they put their pants on one leg at a time. They sure do. So, and if they know a better way to put pants on, let me know, you know, they're willing to share the tricks. Oh, here's the other thing. I'm an open book. So mm-hmm. even though I'm a newbie, I'm already mentoring a bunch of new businesses that have just come on the scene in Charleston in my community. It's wild, you know, just because we're, we're, you, we find each other. We also, by the way, uh, a little shout out to a, a wonderful nonprofit that I love here in Charleston called Low Country Local First. Mm-hmm. It's this nonprofit that supports the small business community here. They do an amazing job. I am a member and I adore them. And it's all predicated on the concept of, Small businesses helping each other, sharing information, sharing resources. It is fantastic. So I don't know if that exists in multiple communities. I hope that it does. Well, now I have like 15 questions. So I got to remember all of them. Tell me um, when you when you mentor these these no you know new startup businesses. um, What do what advice do you give them? Like, is there general advice? Like say, oh, I wish I knew this, my younger self. What a good question. It's hard for me to pin down a piece of general advice because really quickly, my background being in healthcare policy, every state has a Medicaid program. We used to have a saying in healthcare policy that when you see one Medicaid program, you've seen one Medicaid program. Mm -hmm. So it's, I find it to be the same for small businesses, even though, in, you know, all encompassing advice is very helpful. And I will give a, a few tidbits that I would love to share. Everyone is so different. Every business is different. Every business owner is different. And how they want to operate themselves is different. One piece of advice that I start out with when I'm meeting with these small businesses is a good piece of advice that I had learned along the way, which is, Just because you love it, just because it's a hobby, doesn't mean you need to monetize it. The thought that just because, you know, you love to tie-dye t-shirts doesn't mean you need to spend every day selling those t-shirts at the the local markets. Now, if you have already done the self-searching and said, you know what, I really want to see if these t-shirts can help, you know, supplement my income or be my source of income, be a small business. Is there something here, you know, that I've looked at the market, I've talked to people and I think that I can do it. Well, then you're off and running, but people often skip that first step. They don't really know if, you know, when you say, oh, I want to run a small business. Do you know what that means? Do you understand yeah. that you now need to be the shipping department, the customer service, the marketing department, your branding design, your outreach, your dot, 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 dot. And for me, I'm a product-based business. You better believe that not only do I do all those things, but I'm the one late night also packing all the orders and shipping them out the next day. Right, right. So, so you have to, I tell people, my first piece of advice is 
where's your heart? Where's your mind? Where are you, you know, approaching this? Because it ain't for the faint of heart. It can be amazing. It can be rewarding. And one thing I will tell you on the other side of it, because, you know, I went from traditional employment where I, I had, you know, I worked in traditional hierarchical structures to owning my own business and working from home. I'll never go back. Uh-huh. It's a beautiful uh-huh. thing. I do think it's like our little secret as small yeah. business owners. Like yeah. my mom did tell me that. I will say one thing she told me, she goes, oh, you'll never go back. You know? Yeah. Well, unless you absolutely have to. Finance, of course. Of right. course. I mean, right. without a doubt. And P.S., most small business owners I know, and I'm defining small businesses as very small. I don't know actually what rubric you use, but you know, small, small businesses. Um, they, they're supplementing in multiple ways. They have a couple small businesses or they, like me, I still consult a little. Like, you know, there's multiple streams of income typically, um, unless, you know, you find your, you know. Yeah, well, we talk, I talk about, I talk about business. what type of business owner are you? You know, one of the first things that uh, I, I work with dozens of small business owners or, or business owners, I should say. Yes. Um, and the first thing I ask them is what kind of business owner are you? And they said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, are you a small business owner? Are you an entrepreneur? Or are you something in the middle, something that I call a passionate business owner? Mm. And they said, well, what's the difference? I said, well, the difference could mean success or failure because you come to these forks in the road. We, we as business owners come to forks in the road. We all come to the same ones. And a fork in the road is something like, um, do I hire an employee or like hire employees? Do I launch new products or services? Mm -hmm. Do I open a new location? Do I invest in technology into my company? Do I buy a competitor? Right. And, And when you come to a fork in the road, you have to decide, do I go left or do I go right? Do I say yes to this or do I say no? Yeah. And so most small business owners will almost always say no. I'm not interested in five locations or 10 products or 50 employees. Uh, I don't want to spend $25,000 on this piece of technology because that's money coming out of my pocket. I look at at all purchases as expenses. An entrepreneur will almost look at every opportunity as an investment. Mm. Okay, it's going to take me from where I am today to where I want to be. And then people start to get it and they go, okay, tell me about the passionate business owner. As well, the passionate business owner could be someone like you. I would define you as a passionate business owner right off the top, right? Because you love what you do. You're driven by it. You do it well. And now the question is, when you've had success and you come to these forks in the road, people are going to want to make the decisions for you. You know, oh, Leah, you should um, you should open up, you know, more you should have more gift boxes. You should go international. You should have you know, you should hire people and grow and grow and grow. And what you think is, oh, you know, I love what I do and I'm having so much fun with it. Yeah, why not? I'll do it without thinking of the ramifications of what that means. Right. And all of a sudden, six months from now, it's not so fun anymore. And now you've got headaches and but you've committed financially to it. And it's like an albatross around your neck. And now you're like, oh, my God, how did I get here? I just wish I could go back and just have my simple business where it was fun. And that's where people get really, uh, you know, kind of mixed up and and they make these decisions like a small business owner that suddenly thinks he or she's an entrepreneur. 
and invest a ton of money in something that they have no business investing in. That's if you can catch somebody before they come to that first fork in the road to help them define who they want to be, I think you have your greatest success. So with that being said, what type of business owner are you? Ha ha ha. Oh, Brian. Well, if I'm being completely candid, it changes every day for me. I I do need to do some soul searching and do some some, you know, of my long-term goal setting. I am in the survival mode right now with my business because I am everything is ramping up all at once for me. You know, I'm getting I have a lot of custom clients. That's really my my biggest business is not the direct to consumer. It's I have clients now, you know, who are, I'm making large orders for uh, custom projects for employee. And I, I'm do, I'm going back to what I wanted to do, which is getting to those employees, you know, working with those businesses. So right now I'm in the, like, you know, get through, you know, all the, the things on my task list. Um, and I, I don't, I don't know if I want to answer that today. I think I want to <laughs> come back to your podcast. You, you don't have to answer, answer that to in me. the future after some introspection. Yeah, you don't have to answer it to me, but you do need to have to answer it to yourself. And I'll tell you. And I do get asked that question. But I'll tell you where you are right now. We call you, we call you Jonah swallowing the whale. Mm. Okay. Uh That's what, what, what you just described is I've had success and now everybody wants a piece of me. I've got big companies ordering multiple orders. I've got small companies. I've got people making suggestions. And what you need is what I call a GPS plan. Yep. Uh, so I, I'm going to ask you, where do you want to be with your business on December 31st of this year? Now, don't answer it. But typically what people say is they give me a revenue number. Oh, I want to be here. This is my goal. It's some milestone. It could be half a million, a yep. million, whatever it is, right? And, I, and then we examine it. And that's your strategic goal. And I say, okay, Leah, well, how much did you do last year? I did X. Okay. Now you're looking for about a 30% bump. Now we say, okay, how much of your business will fall off? Maybe 10%. And so what we start to do is we start to put together your GPS plan. And it says, okay, well, here's how much is going to be repeat business. And here's how much you're going to need in new business. And then I'm going to say to you, okay, now show me who the customers are. And you do that and you say that, and then you lay out when they're going to come, what months, you know, maybe your business is seasonal and you see upticks around Mother's Day or birthdays, oh, or, right? Mm-hmm. Certainly during yep. the holidays and you go, okay. <clears throat> so we, we put all this together and what you've created is a GPS plan done correctly. You should have much fewer sleepless nights because you know where you want to be and you know how you want to get there. And then here's the beauty of having this is that it, it, it allows you to say no quickly to opportunities. Mm. So when the whale comes along and says, I want 5,000 bee mitten boxes, right? I mean, I don't know what the number would be, yeah. whether it's a hundred or a thousand or whatever it is. And you go, oh my God, that is the biggest order we've ever had times 10. You need to have somebody who works with you. And I'm, well, I'm going to talk about board of advisors, but you need to have somebody who say to you, okay, if you take that order on, you're going to have to say no to all of these other orders and clients because there are just not enough hours in the day to get done what you want to get done. You're going to burn yourself out. 
Mm-hmm. And you, you're not going to be able to deliver for this client that wants all of these boxes from you. So my question to you now is, do you have either one person, a mentor or a board of advisors who, who are your truth tellers, who hold you accountable for your plan and your goal? I am very fortunate to say I do. Oh, now, it's okay. not it's not a formalized board of advisors. It is a, more of a caress to use a Kurt Vonnegut term. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. But um, no, I actually am very fortunate to have a few people in my life um, who are e-commerce and small business experts. Mm-hmm. I don't include my mother in that because again, <laughs> off I went, remember, yeah. off you go, you do it yourself, um, who I, I actually do advise me. You know, I do, because I am such a novice, you know, one of the greatest things to say is I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I'm always willing to go to the people who, who you know, to give advice. And many of the decisions that you don't realize, you know, you, the Royal, you don't realize were decisions when you look at my business, um, were the result of those conversations. So, um, I do go to those experts. Um, but, um, I, I, and I, and you know, what's funny is, um, we use the term roadmap. I like that you say GPS. So we're both thinking, both thinking along the times of, uh, along the terms of mapping, but, um, so our roadmap. And so I do think in terms of, you know, the three, six months up to the five years, you know, and sort of where I want to go. But I, I am truth telling. And when I say it changes so much, um, I have to constantly revisit it, constantly revisit it. Of course. Of course. And that's and that's what, what we say to clients is that whatever you wrote in January is going to look completely different in December. If you yeah. if you, you know, like my, my old high school teachers would write in the red ink on my papers, there will be so much red ink that you can't distinguish what is changed and what, you know, it's all going to be like kind of jumbled together. But yeah. but the beauty of that is that it it not only does it hold you accountable, but you have to look at it and say, OK, if I do this, how does that change my plan? Does it get me closer to my goal? And if it does, then I need to put something on the back burner because I just don't have enough time. You know, that's really where it's like a compass. It's a map. It's it's an accountability report. It's a living, breathing document that you have. I'd like to hear, though, that you meet with your board of advisors formally. Like if I just could throw out my piece of advice, okay. it's that it's that you meet with because you are. How often would you recommend? Once a month. Once a month. Once a month. Given how much your business is evolving mm-hmm. and growing and there's mm-hmm. tons of opportunities you're not going to be able to take advantage of all of them. And so you have to say no. And so you need somebody who's not so deep into the the work who can look at it and say, Leah, you know what? Take this opportunity and just, and push it back to 2023. Because what you're doing now, you'll be able to hit your goal. Bringing that in is going to zap your resources, your time, your money, your, your product, and, and, you know, there's so much that has, as you said, changes. I don't, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about supply chain and how you get sure. your products. And if it's all sure. locally sourced, 
right? Because these are all things. Here's one other thing I'll share with you and my listeners are very familiar with. It's called the what if game. Okay. So I, I would be your truth teller. I would say, okay, what if your three biggest suppliers of your three biggest gift boxes suddenly had like massive shortages of their products? What would you do? Now, that may have happened during the pandemic. I don't want to hear your story about it. But what oh, if- I can share. What if you, um, because of delays in, in supply chain and whatnot, and you had to commit money to buying everything up front, all of a sudden cash flow gets squeezed? Now, what would you do? And so we play the what if game and we ask all of the questions that probably keep you up at night and you, and you come up with answers to them. So that if something like that were to happen, you just break open the glass, you pull out the paper and you go, okay, well, here's what we decided to do when everything was calm. And so now this has actually happened. Here's what we need to do to mitigate the downside of it. So what were some of the issues that you faced that um, you would, you would include in a what if game? Like were there supply chain issues? Oh, yes. So, well, there's a couple things at play here. First, before before I answer that question, you brought up an interesting point about sort of defining your business, looking at your GPS, mm-hmm. all of that. I will say that something important for me to articulate is that because I came at this business from a place of avoiding burnout and establishing true balance in my life, mm-hmm. that is an overarching principle in my business model. I spent too many years of my son's life working 120 hour weeks, traveling on the laptop from the moment I get home to the moment he goes to bed. I will not let that be my life, even though I have those days. Of course I have those days. If I have a huge order due, you better believe I'm up all night doing it. Like I'm not saying it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is, I approach a lot of my decision-making with that in mind. I, I practice self-care. I practice what I sell. It is very important. I'm a very different person than I was five years ago um, because of the principles of Beaminton. Because of that, it's, an in- it's interesting that it is my income. It, it is my business as well. So... You describe a lot of, you know, a a business that typically, you know, it's just, you know, growth upon growth upon growth upon growth, you know, dodging, you know, different things. My my business is steady growth at a rate that makes sense for my life and my clients. (laughs) That's fantastic. So I have that overarching principle. Now, to answer your other question, which is which is there, is that um, some obstacles I faced, including supply chain. So. Very much so. So first of all, most of my businesses, most of my businesses, I apologize. Most of the products that I feature from the small businesses are made locally, if not in, in North America okay. um, by design. So I, I, that's a huge ethos of mine and the business. I love to work closely with them. And so because of that, I have been able to avoid a lot of supply chain issues. Now, they experience them. So for example, I might work with um, a local company here 
they make, um, you know, uh, let's just, and I'm, this is totally made up, but cause it's not a product I feature from them, but you know, it's one of their lotions, let's say, well, they can't get the little containers that they mm-hmm. put the lotion in. So that's a delay, but they're troubleshooting it on their end. I'm working with them. They might say there's a, a little bit of a delay. I'm collaborative because I own this business. I might have to push a launch of a, of a product back a week. Not a problem for me. Bigger just supply chain issues. I've, Absolutely also experienced. So one, I'm actually have been waiting on a product that delayed the launch of a new collection for about two and a half months. It's been the biggest delay I've had in my year and a half of being business. And it's still not here um, due to the war and all of the um, issues we're having due to, you know, COVID and gas and all of the other things that we're all experiencing. Um, it is an overseas product. It's not um, from Asia. It comes from the UK, but it's still been incredible. The delays... And this business has been amazing, though, keeping me up to date constantly on this product because it, it because it's a I, I I work in collections. It's one product in a collection. I have all these other products in inventory sitting on the shelf, and those makers waiting for the launch because they, you know, it's just it all trickles together. Yeah, because you know of of the way that I operate. Um, so I, I'm, I'm feeling the burn right now. It's funny you say that because I'm I, I you know every time a truck drives by, I hope that that's my shipment so yeah. that I can get this product out. It was supposed to launch way before mother's day. And I missed the window on that. And that's very unfortunate for a business like mine. Um, but because I am the owner operator and CEO of this business, I just have to roll with things when things are delayed. That is, it, it, it doesn't, it, it, it can't ruin me. I always say we, these are self-imposed deadlines. We have to just keep rolling. If I miss this, I, you know, I, I move on to the next thing. It is, there's always enough to be working on. There's always enough to be, to be growing. And um, I do, at least with products, I've learned to be a, a few steps ahead. And I also, I had a very large order um, come in for, it was a custom order. Um, and it was right at the onset of, something i mean who can even remember some global catastrophe a few months ago yeah. let's call it a global catastrophe yes and so i did have the wherewithal to know that i needed boxes because they actually have to go in boxes i keep a lot of inventory of boxes but this was a custom request and so i had to figure out myself leah in charleston south carolina i need to find um a maker that had a north american warehouse so i didn't have to deal with overseas issues. I, I, I didn't have the time, you know, so I had to figure that out. I had to do it within the budget. So I'm, I'm literally trying to figure, you know, to learn all of this. And I did it PS because I'm scrappy and that's what it is to be a small business <laughs> owner. So I figured it out, but that was really important to me. And then I had all my, a lot of other small businesses that I worked with, you know, complaining, they couldn't get their products. in. so I was sharing with them, well, this, I found some, you know, North American, companies and this is you know where their warehouses are and their distribution centers and things like that so it's a constant battle are you kidding me inventory we could have a whole conversation about inventory that's a huge i will just let's put let's let's highlight that for a moment that's a huge piece of advice i have keep you know a lot drop ship is becoming a huge thing i don't i have one product that's drop ship everything else is inventory based i wish i learned very early on, keep inventory low on your end. Get it from the get it from the other business. You know, I'm a I'm a wholesaler, right? I purchase yeah. a product made by somebody else and I resell it um, in these collections to the to the consumer. And so, 
I thought, oh, I need to have all this inventory ready to go for when those orders come in. Well, you don't know your ordering rhythm and you don't know the consumer rhythm until you're in it. I have some product now that I've been sitting on the shelf since I launched and it just like, it burns me. Now I buy it in much smaller quantities and I work closely with them. But you think, Brian, you know, you're told, well, you know, like, let's see this coffee mug that I have here in front of me. If you buy 300 of these coffee mugs, we'll give you an even greater discount. And you think when you're a new small business owner and you're looking at your budget very closely, you've got your spreadsheets out. Oh, well, that discount will help me here and then I'll have this. Well, guess what? You sold 50 of those and I have 250 mugs sitting on a shelf. Right, right. That ain't a good business and, model. And welcome, I wish yeah. I knew that. Welcome and to the cash flow vice. That's I tell other people. Right. The cash flow vice where they, it just squeezes your head and your wallet. Yes. Yeah. We're we're in the home stretch, but this has been a fantastic, I couldn't have gone any better in terms of being a small business spotlight because of all of the things that you talk about, you know, that, that business owners like you have gone through and are going through now. So thank you very much for that. So, all right, let's uh, home stretch. I call this the Twitter round. I'll just ask some questions that I think my listeners are probably thinking about and uh, short and sweet. B Mitten, B dot Mitten. Where does that name come from? Well, I love to play the game of where do you think it came from? But you and I had a little side chat. So you already know (laughs) the answer to that. I could have shown that I was smart to my listeners. So go ahead. B Mitten is a made up name that I came up with because I knew I wanted my business to have a name. I knew I wanted it to be gender neutral. I didn't want it to be my name. I didn't want it to be, you know, feral holdings. And I honestly, my business evolved so much in the beginning. I mean, I can't even, we'll have that 10 more podcasts. We'll talk about just the beginning launch and how many changes before launch that I just needed a name. It is a silly take on the term badminton which is just a silly fun game. My background in disability rights, it's anyone can play it. So B-Minton is just a fun word. Wow. You know what? From a branding perspective, it's brilliant because you're not socially tied to that brand. If you ever wanted to sell it in the future for, you know, billion dollars, you can. And you know what's interesting too? And thank you for for thinking I could sell it for a billion dollars. I shouldn't (laughs) speak so quickly on that. We should all pause and collect and manifest it. Right. But um, it also lends its way into um, unexpected branding for the rest of the company, which is my collections carry that B dot into it. So I have be mindful collection, be oh. grateful collection, be rested collection. So it's, it's really been a fun thing. And I've had so many people approach me thinking, did you think of that first and then come up with the yeah. name? It just was serendipitous. I just wow. let it, I know. So it's really been brilliant, fun. brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. All right. What's your favorite gift box? Oh, gosh. Well, first of all, how many do you have? My favorite. Oh, I don't even know. I probably have about 20 collections. 20 collections. I have about 20 collections and growing. I have a couple more coming out. You know what? I'm going to answer that with, I have a really, I'm excited about the one coming up next. So I, 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 you know, this isn't a Twitter answer. It's going to be a little bit longer, but when it comes to wellness research, I take a very open approach just because it's not my cup of tea. Doesn't mean I don't think it could help other women. So one thing that I have been educating myself about drum roll is crystals and gemstones. 
believe it or not, people use that as a way to practice self-care. You connect to the chakras. This is all new work terminology for me. So if it's new terminology for you, Brian, and your listeners, you are in a safe space. Again, I approach a toolkit as intro. It's a way to practice it. So I found my expert, this woman who ethically sources all of her collections. We have been working on this. I kid you not, probably one of the longest collections it's ever taken me, um, besides the delay in shipment from from inventory. The actual collaboration on this project um, has been in the works for months because she has had supply chain issues, but she's also been trying to really think through it thoughtfully. Then I found out, oh, you need to charge your crystals with this with the stone called selenite. Who knew that was a thing? Not I, but I'm educating myself. I had another small business that I work with out in San Francisco who makes um, some of the candles I feature in my gift boxes. She makes these little resin trays. I said, hey, can you make me custom resin trays? She said, how fun. That'd be so great. So she makes these trays out of selenite you know, to charge the crystals, then I have to find a good book to educate people. You know, it's all learning. So Mm. I found that from another small business. So I have a be grounded collection coming out soon. It will be launching, I believe next week because we finally are getting all the pieces in. It's taken a very long time. I would say, when you say, what's your favorite collection? It's whatever collection's coming out next. (laughs) So the be grounded collection. I know this is a question that my listeners are going to ask. How do they get to your website? How do they see all these collections? It's very easy. It's bminton.com. B-M-I-N-T-O-N.com. Please sign up as I'm sure you've had podcasts where you talk about how important your email subscribers are. That's how you get your discount. I just had a special 20% discount just for my email subscribers. Nobody even knew about it to the public. So that's, you got to be on the email list to find these things out. Um, and then on Instagram, I am at shop Minton. So it's really easy. Please follow me, ping me. Let's be friends and collaborate and share yeah. information. It is, I'm an open book and I hope your listeners are as well. Is Instagram your main source for it, uh, social it media? Is. For social media, it is, my gosh, Brian, I'm sorry. I haven't jumped on the TikTok journey yet. I know uh, everyone's no. telling me yeah. I need to, but <laughs> self-care, I. honey, self-care. I need some boundaries yeah. in my life. I only get the uh, TikTok videos that either my youngest brother sends to me or my daughter. My daughter sends me all the, you know, the people who fall down and and we laugh hysterically. It's so bad. (laughs) It's so bad. So I'm on Facebook and Pinterest as well. It's all Shopee Minton, but Instagram is my main avenue and that's really where you'll find me. Okay. I am signing up for your email newsletter today. I'm going to visit your website. I'm going to go follow you on Instagram. I love your story. I hope every one of my listeners goes to bmitten.com and orders, uh, you know, one of your gift boxes uh, today. Just, uh, you know, so you have about 20 different ones and they're all different. And it describes what's in there, the collection that's in. Fantastic. This is great. And they rate right now. They're the, the, you know, it changes all the time, but they range from $44 to $124. Very reasonable, approachable price point, because that's also an ethos for me as well. I love it. I, I love everything about it. And I think it's a great story of a, of a passionate business owner who sources from other passionate business owners. Amen. So well done. Uh, okay. So this has been the first episode of Small Business Spotlight on the Small Business Edge podcast. You've been listening to Leah Farrell describe her 
company B Minton and how she got her start. Um, please follow her, go visit her website and uh, tell her how much you love her products and what she's doing. And uh, I will see you next month for another episode of the Small Business Spotlight. And of course, next week for either our five and five podcast or another Small Business Edge podcast, because it seems like this is all I do in life is I get to talk to great people about small business and entrepreneurship. And, uh, and I appreciate it. So Leah, thank you so much. Uh, it was great having you on and uh, I look forward to keeping in touch because you so much, have a, a, a fantastic journey. And I want to have you back on uh, after that Be Grounded uh, collection comes out. Sounds good. All right. Take care, everybody. Enjoy your day and we'll talk soon. You've been listening to the Small Business Edge podcast with Brian Moran, sponsored by Pitney Bowes. Please visit our website, smallbusinessedge.com, for a listing of future podcasts.